That was a cool waveform. Yeah? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm kind of impressed that it pick it up. It's a pretty good mic for picking up stuff, and I've had to pick up pretty high. <clears throat> I mean, it picks up just always, so... I'm not commenting on that one. <laughs> Your vitriol towards the show is amusing. Is everybody ready? Sure. So do you want to do Godzilla or Ava first? A little first before I round myself up. Okay. I hate this movie! But you liked it before. I hate you! I hate it all! I hate everything. I'm sit in my giant robot and cry for a few episodes. People have to turn the podcast off at some point. Oh. And Does that mean we don't exist? And we're back in their ears. Because <laughs> that's creepy. And and now we're talking about our newest Delve. Thank you. I can't ever remember the name of that when I'm talking about it. <laughs> it's the Delve! Where we delve into classic uh, or important science fiction films. Or just science fiction films you feel like inflicting on us. I, I, that, I believe, Splice fits into that category. However... <laughs> well, that wasn't your fault. That's no. But this film, I think, is actually is a true classic. Uh, you know, it's been recognized by the Criterion Collection. It got a release from them. No, it's... it's I, I, I enjoyed it. And, and of course, we're talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the English-language-ish 1956 film starring Raymond Burr. Not the 1954 fully Japanese film... He looked familiar. Gojira. Was he, was he in anything I would know? Uh, I'm on a, like this is the film that I associate with him most of all. Uh, He's famous for this. I, is that good or bad? He was apparently uh, Perry Mason. He was in Ironsides. Um, if you watch that show from the 60s. Okay. Well, that's his, uh, one of his other big uh, roles. He reminds me a little of the guy in um, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, might have been him. I'm not sure. I don't think it is, but he reminds me of him. Uh, he was in Godzilla 85 as well. Uh, Airplane 2. Airplane 2. Well then. You know, the... the seen it all. The significantly superior... <laughs> he, was per- he was Perry Mason. So. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a known actor. He's a, you know, a good standard American face mm. for the 50s. But um, I, I guess this film is... You know, I grew up watching this film and, you know, various Godzilla movie marathons. And then when it came out on DVD, my father picked it up and I've watched it regularly since then. I, I was I was looking forward to watching it and hoping I liked it, and I wasn't disappointed. No, I, I'm so yeah. So so so, what was this film about? In you know, I got you. Should I introduce or should you? You know, it's both oh, of the this plot. Is, it's your love. You, you okay. So this film is about obviously Godzilla, but what happens is they, they start to be these weird events. Ships disappear and get destroyed. You know. Village villages dis- get, villages get destroyed. All you know are in these islands and this and around the sea around Japan. And there's a myth on this one island of this creature called Godzilla. And eventually, obviously, Godzilla you know wakes up and destroys Tokyo. And you know the film kind of goes from there. I am. Oh, that's far towards the end. I mean, I'm not that pleasant when I wake up. <laughs> 
And uh, he had been sleeping for quite a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he, you know, there's time when I think everyone should wake up. I, I think that that's... The Jurassic Age, in fact, I think they say. Yeah. And the science in this is, you know, what I'd expect out of <laughs> a 50s monster movie, or 50s sci-fi movie. It's yeah, not going to stop not, me from pointing it out, but yeah. The, yeah. The best science, but... He's a fictional dinosaur, so we'll work from there. Yeah. So that's, that's about where this movie begins. It's a fictional dinosaur that's... From ancient times and is woken up by the uh, nuclear testing and attacks on Japan, nuclear testing subsequent to World War II. Now, you, you were telling me that this had been made in 54. Yes. Uh, as a purely Japanese version? Yes, purely Japanese film. The Raymond Burr is not in that film. What this version does is it takes the scenes and the story from that film and then adds m- new scenes that they filmed with him and some of the original actors okay. to make this film. I could see that. There's, there's a lot of shots of Raymond Burr talking to the... like, the, like T- Talking to no one. The back of somebody's head. Yeah. No, he's actually talking to their front, but we only see the back of somebody's head. So it's kind of... I, I, I While watching it, I kind of felt was like, these are kind of weird shots. And then I looked it up and realized, oh, okay, so this yeah. is kind of re-edited for... I, see, I think, this like, guy. I really liked the filmography, but obviously not those points. Yeah, the, the, Probably the, most of the stuff that was taken from the original. The, 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 the Ichiro Honda film, who was directed the original, you know, the 54 version, did a very good job, you know, does, you know, with what the budget was at the time and, you know, the limitations of, of film. He made a very, you know, well-made film. It's, you know, the, if you ignore the scenes of this guy watching this film with you almost, well, you get a good movie. Not only that, but there were parts that were very poignant. I mean, there's a somewhat of an anti-nuclear message here, and especially in Japan in 54, you have, like, uh, I thought, like, at the beginning of the movie, you had the hospital scenes, because it's, like, it's one of those movies that starts towards the end of the movie, yeah, and then a, flashes back. Yeah, and that, that's an additional American thing. But, you know, let's talk about, just to talk about the American version of it, let's not... Well, I'm... I don't want to dwell too much on the other film, because... I... I know. I, Sorry. That's... I didn't mean to jump on you. I'm just yelling at myself. I'm not. I'm actually. I'm yelling at myself. I'm making the point that I really enjoyed. (laughs) I thought enjoy is the wrong word. I I thought it was a very poignant scene in the beginning with the hospital, and you know, you know, this movie's taking place in Japan, and there were all these wounded and injured, and you can't help but think that that may have been an emotional time on the set for them. Well, the the character of Godzilla is supposed to be a manifestation of the bomb. Like the director has explicitly stated that. You know, he he is a physical manifestation of the bomb. Yeah. So it's it's definitively it's anti-war, it's anti-nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have it, and there's just that going. There's that continuing theme of we can't fight this. Everything we do to him does nothing to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if if Godzilla is the bomb, what does that make Godzilla? That's an American creation from from the seventies. We're not talking about seventies Godzilla here. That's a whole. It's a whole other conversation. No. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Like the, some of those scenes in the hospital were pointing to but, because of that. Those I think those were really well done. I think that you know, av- having watched more films about that era and you know, read more comics about that era, that definitely looks and feels very viscerally like that. Mm-hmm. In their minds, I'm sure resonated very heavily. That and I, I tend to appreciate in older movies um, the style of acting they do. There's always that. There's a much more need for them to be blatantly emotive, as opposed to now, where it's a lot of times it can be more subtly emotive, or you know, like. But in this movie and in other movies around the same time period, you know, they're staring into the camera and just willing you to feel what they're feeling. Yeah, it's really well acted. I think. I, I how, how did you how did you feel about? I mean, there's a bit of a love story in this film. It's 
It, yeah. It's, and I actually really enjoyed it. Like, this, is, I think, had a good love triangle story in it between, you know, Emiko, her fiancé, and her yeah, ex-fiancé, the, 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 the uh, Dr. Blech, I, I don't remember names, but the mad scientist. Yeah, Dr. Well, X. Well, actually, before we talk about that, I'm just wondering how, how Jess liked it. Um, I don't know. I It was okay. It wasn't, I didn't think it was great. What about it didn't you like? I don't, I don't even know if I could say what I didn't. Like, it was okay. I just thought it was okay. Have you watched many movies from that period? Some, but... And were they mostly equivalent to that, and they're okay? It, I don't know. There was just kind of... I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of, you know, 1950s, 1958 film technology. But, like, there was just a level of cheesiness to it that I didn't appreciate. You know, that I I didn't really like. I, I find that interesting. I, I, I feel like I, I can understand why you think, like, feel that way. Like, especially in the scenes with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. But I felt that the tone of the movie, the, the limited soundtrack, and just the filmography, I was able to get past that without thinking, like, too hard about there being some dude in a Godzilla costume wandering around. I, I think that actually was, a, on their part, was actually a fairly smart choice compared to the stop motion mm-hmm. that was prevalent in, you know, the monster movies up to this point. Right, yeah. With stuff Kong. like King Kong, yeah. 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 And that they had to decide, you know, let's actually make a suit for this guy and have someone, you know, walking around it. And it might look rubbery, but it's still moving in a much more natural look. And I think that was a very smart choice of special effects of, you know, what the limitations are. I think it is more expensive to do a suit than to do all the work to do stop motion. So that, you know, might have been a conscious choice that, you know, let's put a little more money into this and it'll look better. But I mean, I, I can totally understand where it may be. Like, you may feel it's too huggy for you. It's just, it's different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that at the time it was probably more serious and more... But, I, I mean, I feel like over time... Godzilla's become kind of... Godzilla's built up a lot... Of, there's a lot of baggage on Godzilla at this point. Yeah, I mean, after... And, and I'll... You know, I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, I feel like I'm being affected by that kind of cheesy, you know... Yeah, this is the 70s, you know, the 70s film, you know, some just, of the more recent stuff. Yeah. You know, not, not like the film is a joke, it's so bad, that's not what I'm saying, but like, no. Godzilla himself, You can't take it seriously when there's so much that's other, you know, happened over the years. And honestly, yeah. that's probably why I don't have a problem with it, is because while I'm, I'm, of course you'd have to be dead in the ground for a hundred years to not be, to know who Godzilla was, but, um, I've never watched the movies. Yeah, ever. I, I I hadn't focused on much of it. The only Godzilla movie I've seen, as I've been told, this evening doesn't count as the one with Matthew Broderick, so... Oh. Doesn't it's not in the core twenty nine, <laughs> making it the longest film series of any film series, longer than James Bond. But um, but I can understand that point. But I just I just wanted to, to touch to touch base on you were the only person out of us who hadn't. I I also I also really felt like there was there, like, it just had kind of an awkwardness to it. I think because of the Americanization. Americanization of it. Like, there were a lot of cuts that felt weird. Like, there was a lot of cut scenes of just... Of the Raymond Burr, whose whose character's name was Steve, Steve Martin, Martin, which is yeah. you know so kind of funny now. Off the, off the bat, you know, I'm already like as soon as they introduce the character, I'm making Steve Martin jokes. So He's he a was wild a wild and crazy, crazy guy, <laughs> yeah. So okay, but um, the scenes there's just a lot of cuts of the Steve Martin character just sitting in a room by himself. He's just him staring there like, with his pipe, yeah, by a wall, just watching. Yeah, yeah oh, because, I, honestly, I think that was a very intelligent thing on their part that they they put the main character, like that character, in a position where that's all he was really supposed to do was watch and narrate. So, like, it made much less work on their part. Yeah, it it 
it definitely was a conscious one of those weird choices of well we could dub it but that might you know look again look cheesy or we could add a narration and add these scenes to it to to prevent that from happening you know they still did some dubbing definitely but they tried to make do as little that as possible and I mean this is the first Godzilla film so you never know how well something's gonna do you're gonna try to make it do as best as it can so they reduce it down they take out as, as much of the nuclear stuff as they can without destroying the plot and then, you know, make this film. Because at the time, doing an anti-nuclear film in America would not be taken well. No, of course not. I, I do think that, I mean, it was strong. And uh, just touching back on what we were talking about before, um, I did like the relationship. And I thought it was a, a really nicely grounded love triangle. It's, it's, it's a really nice human story in this, you know, film that people often think about, okay, you know, guy in a suit destroying, you know, tiny buildings that some guy built and knocking over a boat in a bathtub. And Which I, is what the film gets boiled down to often, but sure. I think that's not what really makes the thing stand out. That I love, I love the the role of the mad scientist who makes this horrible, horrible thing, and you know he's forced to use it, but he makes sure that no one can ever use it again. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't see the subtext in that, you're fucking blind. It's, I think that's you know really well you know that he it is there is something else to his life that he's cho I'm kind of just rambling now but that it is his responsibility of science that you know science made the nuclear bomb that caused this mm-hmm. you know what could you know it, sort of a you know thought of his what could this end up doing I can't let this guy I can't let this get out of my hands and like we 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 had spoken of of this a little earlier you know if their science was more accurate you know their solution to Godzilla would have like destroyed the earth yeah. There goes all the oxygen and all the water and all the oceans. Then they, you know, someone lights a match and the planet goes up. (laughs) I I, I just couldn't get over the kind of the cheesiness. Well, I think that you're a very good representation of a lot of people. Like, I know, like, a lot of people who just couldn't, who wouldn't be able to do that. Who wouldn't be able to watch this movie and go, like, from a perspective outside of Godzilla being a pulp, you know, figure. Yeah, I mean, something you see comic books, you see, I mean, most people probably remember the cartoon from the 70s of, with Godzilla and Godzuki and everything else. I remember seeing, you know, some of those 70s movies on TV where, you know, he's a sure. friend of children like and... Dr. Demento Theater and stuff. Yeah, so I think that's what, you know, that's the bag that he has and this film and, I, I this film, you know, doesn't fit that mold. He's not fighting another monster. He is, you know, he's the monster. It fits more with films like Them or, you know, these other giant monster films from, you know, around the same time. Well, sure, cause, um, because all that's what the horror movies did at that time was what they had to look at. They always have to show you what's scary to you as a population. And then we were terrified of nuclear power. We were terrified of war. We had just gotten out of World War Two, and that's what scared us. So, of course, you have things like Them and things like Godzilla that are birthed from that. And I think, you know, I think this may stand up better in this film than if you look at the 98 film now to see how well they hold up. And I'm sure watching the 98 film now, I would be a lot, like, less entertained than I was. We are are getting another American Godzilla film in uh, two years from now, actually. Is it going to be, like, a remake, or is it going to be channeling? It's going to be closer to this. So uh, that that's interesting. It's from Legendary Pictures, so that could mean anything. But, but yeah, I mean, also in the same vein, we're also seeing another movie from um guy who did Pan's Labyrinth and the Hellboy movies. Guillermo He's doing a monster movie, a monster and giant robot movie interesting. next year that well, I'm really he's excited for. Monsters, so. He he's someone who does interesting stuff. So he that film, I think, I, you know, I've talked about it on the blog a little bit, and I'll probably talk about it more as it gets closer. But it's 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 a movie that I would like that I you know it's the dream movie, you know, way he describes it. <laughs> Visually, he's also he's a very stunning creator, but 
uh, I've never been like too much of a fan of the darkness that he carries with him in his films. But in any case, I really enjoyed Godzilla. I'm really, really glad I got to see it. I was forced to see it because it's one of those movies that I probably would have never gone. Yeah, you never thought to, to look and think about it. It's like, oh, it's a Godzilla film. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm still glad I was forced to watch it because I, I do feel like it was important. To I, watch. I'm glad you tortured me by making me watch this film. <laughs> Quite what I mean, we'll get to the but... torture later. Yeah, <laughs> no. but I mean, I think I think what your issues come from honestly are from the American version. I'd be interested if you ever got a chance to see the the original subtitled version to I, see if that changes the um, you know your yeah. your view on it. Yeah, I think that that probably would. Mm-hmm. But in any case, what's next for Fidel? Next up, we have. Are you just picking from a list? Number twenty three. Okay. Minority Report. Okay. Is that available on Netflix? We have yet to pick anything that I'm really excited about. We have yet to pick anything I put on the list. I think you put that on the list. <laughs> I didn't put that on the list. Who put that on the list then? I don't I know. Now one put that on the list. It's Tam. It's the same person. I don't know that. Can we can we accept any more of those? <laughs> They're on the list. Oh, are you yeah, sure? It was probably one of those ones. Is the that list was... inviolate? The list is inviolate. We can add to it. We can't remove it other than by watching. Oh, speaking of which, you know, just on the end of the tail end of this podcast, I just wanted to check since we're in this time period. Both of you have seen the original invasion of the body snatchers, right? I have not. It is now on the list. Okay. It is a very important science fiction movie. And the list gets bigger every day. <laughs> it actually stays the same size in this case because we removed one and we're now adding one. Well, it gets bigger by not getting. That doesn't make sense. It stabilizes. Yeah. It's been losing a lot of weight the last few weeks. Nah, I, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's gotten bigger and smaller. <laughs> but in any case, I, that was the one I appreciated in the Delph. I've seen Minority Report. I have not. So, yeah. Who put that on there? I, you know I, who put that on there. The same person who put Splice on there. <sighs> it was probably on. I think we also had on some list as we were making it. Yeah, but we didn't put any of those on that we didn't really feel, that one of us didn't feel it was appropriate. I, uh, I put it on any list that we kind of just, you know, copy and paste it from, so we'll deal with it. Hopefully it's either good enough to get a good podcast or bad enough to get a bad podcast. Well, not, it's never, like, you know, it's ba- isn't it based on, um, crap, the same guy who did Philip K. Dick? Yeah, Philip K. Dick. I think so. So they're, they're never totally horrible, but they're never great. Or they're totally... Or they are. Um, I cite to you Next. I like Next. Well, I enjoy it, but it's not a good movie by any standard. It wasn't totally horrible, though, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Same thing with Paycheck. It wasn't horrible, I enjoy it, but it wasn't great. I also you thought you didn't like um Unicorn. Um, <laughs> Which ta- uh, Unicorn in a movie, Phil K. Dick book, Harrison Ford... Blade yeah. I didn't like Blade Runner, but I don't think it was bad. I just think it was boring. Oh, totally okay. How do you know the unicorn? <laughs> I mean, I've it, seen it and I don't remember it. I mean, if we, when we do the unicorn episode, it's totally in there. Totally forgot about it. Get ready for the unicorn episode, guys. It's coming eventually. No! <laughs>